We are once again in the beautiful city of Vintuk, Namibia, and we're in fact in my hotel room. And I'm joined by, uh, it's been a pretty quiet hotel room, it has to be said, because of the bubble. But uh, this time around, I'm joined by pretty special company in Titans and Proteus Test Captain Dean Elga. How are you, Dino? Hello, Derek. How are you? Good, thanks. How's, uh, how's the trip been so far? Um, it's been it's been good quite uh, so far. Um, a little bit frustrating that we obviously still in the hotel, uh, mm. can't get out in the bubble and all that stuff. But uh, so be it. This is what we have to do. It's the nature of the beast at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's still good to be. Uh, it's still good to get out and play some cricket. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, everything is okay. I uh, I've been in a few bubbles. Uh, I can imagine you've been in a, a lot more. But uh, I think we must commend Namibia or Cricket Namibia for, for putting this together because it's been pretty, uh, uh, I mean, it's been pretty tough to, to, to break the bubble. And uh, yeah, we've been under strict lockdown yeah. between the hotel and the ground and nowhere in between. I think that's like par for the course now if mm. you want to tour or if you want to play cricket. Uh, I think any sport actually, but if you, if you want to participate in what you do and what you love, unfortunately, that's what you... You have to adhere to. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's 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 a bit of a frustration, something that we're not used to, and um, so be it. Like I mentioned, if you, if you want to do something that you love, you unfortunately have to live in these kind of times. How, how do you handle it as a sportsman? Because I mean, I've been watching it fairly silently from from the background, and I mean, it's granted it's only been a week, so you've handled it pretty well. But we saw Quinton de Kock had an issue eventually, and he, he took a bit of a break. Ben Stokes having the same thing. Uh, does it eventually have a, a severe impact on, on your psyche, or, or are you pretty okay? I don't know if I should actually speak my mind about that or not. <laughs> um, but I think ultimately, like I said, if you, if you want to do what you love, if you want to express yourself as a player, you need to adhere to these kind of uh, rules and regulations. They, they're totally out of your control. Um, you just need to man up and, and do what you have to do. Um, it's a bit of a, a mental strain on a lot of people. I can understand and respect that. Um, when I speak for myself, I just crack on and mm. get through it and so be it. Um, it's life. I only got a. I only have a few years left in my career, so I can't. I can't be the one to say I need time off because of these kind of moments in one's career. Because I only have a few years left, and I still want to enjoy them. Um, but yeah, each each man to their own. You got to respect that, and um, yeah, so be it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely not going to shy away from a bubble. Um, knowing that I can play cricket for the Titans or South Africa or whoever. Mm. Okay, cool. And enough bubble talk. Let's talk cricket now. Yeah, the so, bubble's burst. Yeah. <laughs> so we are um, yeah, one match away from ending the tour. We've had uh, one 50-over clash, three T20s, one more to go. And uh, at the moment, you guys are 2-1 down in the T20s. You won the 150-over the clash. It's, it is a pre-season tour, so a lot of experimentation going on. But uh, have you enjoyed it so far as far as the results have gone? Yeah, I think it's been quite challenging in the sense of the conditions haven't been um, what we're potentially looking for when it comes to a pre-season, but it's also been challenging in a good sense. Um, yeah, uh, you also have to adapt as a player, whether it's in-season or pre-season, you have to be able to adapt to whatever you have in front of you. Um, so I think it's been good. It's been, it's been taking players into a different space where they've potentially never been before. 
um, which, which in my opinion is a good thing because you have to adapt as a player. You've got to be versatile and you've got to be a little bit diverse when it comes to those kind of things. Um, excuse me. So I think it's actually been okay. So if you look at the mixture of the squad, of uh, great mixture of experience and youth. So you look at the likes of Aaron Pangiso, Tienist Brain, uh, some standout performances from them. The youngsters coming through as well, Kukle Kele yeah. uh, on, uh, in the third T20. A great performance from him, three sticks. So it's nice to see the old hands coming through, but also the youngsters uh, putting their hands up too. Yeah, I think the old people have to lead from the front. Um, ultimately, if you want to create a culture, in whatever sporting code you are in, you, the, the senior guys have to lead from the front, um, which is nice to see you guys like Pangi and Tierney actually put their hands up and, and lead. And obviously, ultimately, the younger guys will follow. Um, I think that's obviously something that we're trying to create. We know as, as senior players that, that we, have to, we have to tick those boxes. We have to put in performances. We can't just... Um, Talk the talk. We got to walk the walk as well, which is which is something nice to have those guys around with. And uh, yeah, they don't just they don't just uh, say something and do nothing. They they do quite a lot on the field. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see a lot of people following, and it's good to see uh, new guys putting their hands up when it comes to opportunities and uh, chances. Um, so yeah, I think we we in a good good light at the moment. Yeah, and on that subject regarding the Titans, uh, one of the the better franchises to play for. I can imagine the world over. We always better. talk about it. Best, but. There we go. That's exactly what we wanted to hear. And the amazing thing is what, what Jacques Fall is doing is creating the Titans international brand in that you do get to go to places like Namibia, the Seychelles in the past, yeah. uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, and the list goes on and on. And, and there's more to come. Uh, it's amazing the, the, the amount of all-stars that have played for the Titans and are playing for the Titans. And, and you get to lead uh, from the front again. You lead a, a very experienced, a very strong outfit. Yeah, the Titans speak for itself. Um, the list, I mean, if I had to rattle off names now, I don't think I'll, I'll, cover, the, mm. I'll cover the whole list. But um, it's a special franchise to play for, special team to, to have. Um, it's immensely powerful to have that badge on your chest of the Titans logo. Um, and I think everyone feels that. Um, playing for the Titans is a dream, I think, of every South African cricketer. Uh, I hope it's a dream of every South African cricketer to, to one day to aspire to play. Yeah. Um, it's always been like a dream of mine when I was growing up to play here. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've lived it now for nearly seven years. And it's something that you can't, you can't get enough of. Um, there's, there's great background stories when it comes to the, the Titans, the legacy, the, the the stories that you hear of past players, um, and that's just something that you want to carry forward and something that you want to pass on to other guys. So let's go back seven years ago. How did it come about, your move over to the Titans? <laughs> uh, a man born and bred in the free state over in Valcom, eventually playing and captaining the Knights, I think it was back then, and uh, yeah, making your move over here. Um, I, had, I had a few teammates that was part of the Titans, that were part of the Titans that... Um, Obviously, try to get me yeah earlier than actually when I when I came over um, in Hanakun and Furon Biarin. Um Yeah, so they were very very strong on on me coming over here. And at the time of my potential, like at the time of my career, maybe I wasn't I wasn't in that space to actually make that call. So they were yeah they actually they were actually quite hard on me to to come here. Um, I remember one day. 
we we played a game against the Titans in Pretoria. And I was sitting in their change room and they actually put a Titan shirt over my head <laughs> and like I wore it. And I reckon it was it was maybe a year or two and I was I was actually wearing that uh jersey. So um there's been a lot of um orchestrated um manipulation i would say <laughs> by those two to to try and get me over to <clears throat> to pretoria but um but yeah i think every guy has that that phase in his career where you start somewhere and you hone your skills and 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 sometimes you have to move on um like i love my eight years that i had in bloom uh with the eagles and knights at that time i love that time because that was my um that was my my early phase my building phase uh, getting to know your game phase. And then when you come to the Titans, you actually learn what it's about to play for something that's a lot bigger than you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it was a bit of a transition in, 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 uh, in careers or, or phases of career, but it's something that I think every player has to go through. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll never change it for the world. And your early phase of your, your career, I mean, I know we've spoken a, bit, a lot about it on tour, about coming from Valcom, you're an English guy, pretty rare in itself. My old man, exactly the same situation from him, grew up in Valcom, English. How did uh, cricket come about for you, for Dean Alger? And another thing we chatted about yesterday, which I didn't know about, was that uh, you were very, very good at squash, and squash almost <laughs> took your interest away from cricket. I think growing up, uh, I had... I had an interest in sport in general, so anything with a bat, ball, racket, uh, ability to run, um, like I, I dabbled in everything growing up. But as you get older, you got to obviously you got to you got to make things a little bit smaller and make things a little bit uh, central, which was when you have to choose between a few sports. Um, I'm not a big guy in stature, so rugby was out the game. Um, so yeah, I chose obviously cricket and squash, which um, which for me was great because cricket being a summer sport, squash being a winter sport. But then actually squash started like dominating my my life at that stage, where I played it throughout the year. Um, yeah, and it was great. I mean, it kept me fit, and obviously the hand-eye coordination. You you never lose that being being a, a person that's in, interested in in ball sports, for instance. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of background story that I could get into, but I mean, obviously, I, I connected with uh, cricket and squash quite well. Um, I had to, I had to, because the demand on my body at that time was quite quite immense because I was do, I was doing basically everything under the sun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very very happy the way I, I've settled down into into what I'm doing now. Um, yeah, cricket's great, but for for me, squash was always my first love. Um, yeah, it's just uh, unfortunately that there was no future future in that, and um, yeah, that's that's just how it's just how it is when you when you're growing up. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a massive lover of squash. I'm I'm quite crap at it. Though. I'm nowhere as good as you are. <laughs> and I only found that out yesterday. I was actually going to play you on the court, and then you told me that little nugget of info. And I thought, okay, cool. Damn, I've got a, my ankle sprain is starting to flare up again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so so you went through the ranks uh, in in the cricketing stage and uh, during your schooling career, and you were SA schools captain. Am I not yeah, in 2000 and oh, are we going back now? 2005, I think it was. And, and how did how did that come up? Was it a surprise? Did you expect it? I think a boy from Free State, you don't really mm. expect that. Um, 
but I thought the the face. Who's not from Grey Bloom? That's, that's also a good fact. <laughs> yeah, I was obviously not a Grey Bloom guy, and just to play for Free State, not being a Grey Bloom guy is is a big thing. Um, but obviously, I had to do something right or well. Mm. Um, I think I put on a lot of good shows and a lot of success when it comes to playing schoolboy cricket, for instance. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's something weird. A three-step boy captain in SA schools when you're 18, I don't think that's um, it's not something people speak about every day. I'm very proud of that kind of moment as, as a youngster. Um, and to be able to still carry on with that kind of stigma is, has, has, been, has been something that I'm very proud of. Um, but yeah, it was obviously the start, the start of a career that I never thought I would have. Um, I thought it might be a phase. And you never know, these kind of things come and go. But to carry on for it now, nearly 15 years that I've, that I've since I captained the SS school side, um, it's something I'm very proud of and something I still want to work on. And then, of course, you went through the provincial stage, but South Africa came a-calling. And I think... The, the, the call-up to the Proteus came a lot later than everyone expected because your name was always spoken about for, for ages, about when is Alga going to play for South Africa. Did, did you feel that? I wouldn't say, no, I, I, I don't think I felt that. Mm. I think I was just keen to play. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter where. When, you, when you're a youngster, I think that's where the, where the young kids get it wrong now. They want to play for South Africa. Like, playing for South Africa is... <laughs> The, the mountain that you have to climb is so high and the work that you have to put in is so tough that you actually forget the phase that you have to go through to get there. Um, I think at that stage, I just wanted to play. doesn't matter for who. I was still very proud of playing for the Eagles, playing for the Knights. For me, that was playing for South Africa. Mm -hmm. That was like my mountain. I think I reached my peak, <laughs> actually. Because I had players around me that were immensely powerful when the, when it comes to playing cricket. Mm. Um, the names that I could rattle off are, are legends of South Africa, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I think at that at that stage, uh, that's all I was focused on. I was just I was just focused on scoring runs for the for the Eagles, for focused on scoring runs for the Knights. Um, never really looked too far. Problem is, if you look too far, you actually lose your vision of where you actually want to go to. So, yeah, I never I never heard, I never heard the media. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a media listener, <laughs> um, which is still to this day I, d I don't do that. Um yeah, I think that's something you can, that you can control, but all I wanted to do was just play, it doesn't matter what level. And uh the call up did come and next thing you're playing for South Africa. Tell us about that. Which format do you want to go into, Derek? Let's let's sort of uh <laughs> yeah, let Let's do the big one, the tests. Yeah, the test uh, format was um, something that I think every cricketer has to play for. Um, if you're not playing to play test cricket, then you must give up the game. Mm. Um, it was it was so unreal, uh, surreal, uh, that like I was basically packing my bags, get on a flight to Australia to replace. JP Dumney, who's obviously injured himself. And as it worked out, I played my, in my debut and I replaced, obviously, a hero of mine in Jacques Rudolph. 
And I was like, this can't be, this, this is honestly not happening right now. Like, I can't replace Jacques. He's been so good to me in, the, in, my, in my career <laughs> building up. Now I'm replacing Oak in, in, in a test side against Australia. And I was like, no chance. So it was, um, it happened so quickly. Um, I reckon that whole week, I don't remember that whole week, but I remember obviously the, the outcome, which we beat Australia in four days. <laughs> I don't care about my um, my uh, shitstorm that I had. <laughs> I don't. I, don't, I honestly don't. I don't play for personal stuff. Uh, so that's all I remember. We beat Australia in four days and we won the series. And um, for me, that is way greater than what I went through. I always, I've, I've always alluded to that. I will go through what I went through from a personal point of view. I'll go through that again. Many times to win a series or to win a match. I'll go through that. Um, the Peon debut, so be it. We won. Mm. That's, that's all I care about. I just want, I just want to win. Um, so it was a great learning curve from that sense. It was, it was, a, it was a bit of a wake-up call to realize how big Test cricket is, the step up from where I was playing in domestic to Test cricket. It's a, it's a, it's a step that... Uh, like you can't put into words. It's so great. You got to experience it first. Then you can, mm-hmm. then you can make your own interpretation of it. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was an unreal time of my career. Um, I was in awe because I was playing with like legends of South African cricket. I was playing with them. They were in my change room. And um, I say my change room, the change room I was in. <laughs> um <laughs> And I was playing with them, like Jacques Callis, Graham Smith, Dale Stay, Morning Morkel, A.B. de Villiers, Hashim Amla, Werner Philander. And I'm like, what? This is, this is like, this is schoolboy stuff. This is what you dream about. Um, but, and to be able to rub shoulders with those guys was cool. It was unreal. Played in uh, Ricky Ponting's last test as well. Mm-hmm. That's something people also don't know. It was Ricky Ponting's last test. And to see the humility that guy had in his last test when they so let me go deeper into this. Yeah, so after <clears throat> after the game, we just dominated Australia in this game in Perth. And like you don't dominate Australia. Like you have to be a special side to dominate a team. And we had a fines meeting in our change room. Next thing, the door smacks open. The whole Australian squad books in. Like Enrique Ponty, Michael Clark, Johnson. I mean, they're all in there, bud. Nathan, Nathan Lyon, they all they all come in, bro. And they they're like, Can we join? Cause they're like in, bud. We're having a fancy. You're in. Come sit here. Enrique Pontin stood up and he gave us a speech. Yeah. About the respect that he has for South Africa as a cricketing nation. I was like, what? This is all happening in my first game. <laughs> I can't get better than this. I cannot get better than this. And um, yeah, just just the whole um, significance of that. Like he's whole. Like he 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 cried. He cried in the fines meeting, saying he's the time that he's played against South Africa was possibly the toughest that he's ever had. I'm thinking, yeah, there's like a legend of mm. world cricket, not Australian cricket, world cricket. And I've experienced his last test. I'm like, this is my first test. <laughs> I can't get better than that. 
Was the the God of Honor planned, or was it a, a last minute thing from Graham when when Ricky went out and you you guys gave him a standing ovation? Yes, yeah, Derek, you're asking now. Uh, you're asking something I can't remember, <laughs> but I recall that. Uh-huh. I recall that. But um, I remember I was standing like at the end of the God of Honor. I think Jacques was callous. Sorry about the name drop. Um, I think he was next to me. And I was like, no, man. Like, still, that, that, that's one of those moments that you don't experience ever in your career. And I was fortunate enough to, to experience that. Um, no, I, I, I can't remember if it was uh, planned or not. Well, let's put it this way. If it was planned, I don't know about it. <laughs> Do you, I mean, you've seen the, the great side of Australia talking about that. And you've seen the... The fairly ugly side, and, and, and you were heavily involved with Sandpaper Gate uh, when they came to, to our shores. Uh, what, was, what was that like, being in the, the thick of things there? For me, that was ugly. Mm. That was ugly. Um, I think the emotion got the better of everyone. Um, I think we weren't playing cricket there, we were playing the people. Um, I think we disrespected the Australians, irrespective of what they were going through. They also disrespected us. So I think in general cricket took a knock. Um, it was it was ugly to see, man. It was ugly to see, and and these are these are these are guys that have played against each other a lot over the over the maybe a decade, played against each other a lot, that they were willing to go that far to try and win. The desperation that Australia showed to try and win, they were willing to lose their whole identity mm. to win. So I think I think um, what they did obviously was was wasn't great for world cricket. Um, firstly, just to be serious, like what what they did for world cricket wasn't good. Um, but I think the respect factor went out the window a lot. Um, but I think they knew we're playing against the South African side that's that we're not going to beat again. They mm. beat us in the first test. Very well. Yeah, Yeah. very well. They beat us proper and we came back at them harder than we could ever. But I think they knew they can't beat us again because they threw everything they could in the second test in PE. And, um, yeah, but I think what what, what happened in Cape Town for me is it was was the, the struggle to find another win and the respect of cricket went out the window. The fact that uh, players, senior players, were willing to sacrifice a young guy and the measures they went to to try and win. That, that's, that's deep. It just shows you how, how proud their culture is. So you've got you to respect their culture in that sense. But the, the, the way they went about it, it's maybe a little bit frowned upon. So, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. There's a lot of learnings out of it. Um, you can't keep a gun to those guys' heads anymore because they wanted to win. Um, ultimately, that's their proudest moment. They, they, they want to win. Mm. That's Australian and South African's biggest trait. We want to win. doesn't matter what measures we go to. We, we want to win as a, as a sporting guide. We want to try and win. So I think they threw everything out, and that was basically their loss. <laughs> their lost uh, uh, throw of the dice, roll of the dice that they, that they tried. And... Um, yeah, it was a it was a bit sad to see that the, the way it unfolded and the way they were they were treated. I mean, they're not criminals. The mm. way they were treated, getting to Joburg Airport, 
and escorted out. I mean, the guy, he didn't, the guys didn't commit a crime. Mm. I think that was their desperation to win. Their hunger to win was so great because they knew they, they didn't have another card to play against us because we were, we were way better than them at that time. So, yeah, the whole thing was, it was, it was very sour, very sour, very bitter. Um, but I felt for the guys. Honestly, I felt for them, the way they were treated. Um, Steve Smith, for me, he was treated like an absolute crim criminal when it, when it came to that. Like 10 cops around him. I mean, w w I mean seriously, man. <laughs> like, all, like all he did was maybe he, he did a wrong thing to uh -huh. one guy and now he's a criminal. No, the way he was treated was, was piss boy in my opinion. Um, but yeah, the whole sandpaper gate was, it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough to watch. It was tough to see actually that these guys were so desperate, but it still showed that they're so proud to try and find a way to win. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, a weird phase. That week was like so weird because the cricketing sense was out the window. I mean, but the whole series was attack on person, person, person the whole time. That whole series was so special that the cricket was so good as well. Mm, and people forget about that. People forgot about the cricket that we played. That cricket was hard. It was tough. So tough. One of the toughest series I've played. And everyone remembers one incident. Mm. You, you mentioned one of the guys in the change room earlier who was obviously instrumental in, in a lot of these series. And uh, we're speaking a couple of days after he announced his retirement from all formats of the game. Dale Stain. I mean, what, what does he like to play with and, and also against? Because uh, you would have had many battles against each other. But also he's a, he's a former Titan too. Very happy to have Dale on my side when I joined <laughs> the Titans. Um, faced him quite a bit when he played for the Titans against the Eagles back in the day. Um, he nearly bowled my head off the one day and he gave me, he gave me some good advice in, in, I think it was 2008. Yeah. He said, you better duck this one cause I'm going to put you in hospital. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, but I'm just trying to make a humble pound. Yeah. Like just pitch it on the stumps, but don't kill me. And he nearly killed me. Like, honestly, he was the the most humble, calmest guy off the field, the most loving cricketer I've played with. But on the field, man, that guy had he had a vision and a look in his eyes that he, he just wanted to go out and kill people. Like he wanted he wanted success so much that he would go through anything. Mm. But off the field, what a what a gent. Like so calm, just goes through the, he goes through the motion so well. He does his own bit. Um, it's sad. It's sad to see his career falter like it did with his injuries and stuff like that. But I think he put so much demand on his body that potentially that was bound to happen. Um, but what a what a legend, absolute legend. Do, do you know you know what happened with him and I at the CSA Awards a couple of years back? So he came up on stage and he came up to win the award for best T20 bowler. And was straight after he had acted in that movie with Adam Sandler. So he gets up on stage and I say, hey, cool, congratulations. An amazing award capping a, a great T20. He goes, oh, honestly, I don't think I even played a T20, but cool. So that's, that, that's, that's <laughs> that the first like response. Yeah, that sounds like it. Then I said, um, okay, cool. So, hey, you, you're a Hollywood actor now. And he's like, yeah. 
So I said, for those that don't know, do you want to elaborate what you did? And you, now remember, this is at the Santon Convention Center in about a, in front of about a thousand people. It's being broadcast live to hundreds of thousands, millions. And he goes, hundreds of millions. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, in the world. He goes, oh, nothing much. I just stood there and scratched my nuts because <laughs> that's what he did in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the whole place was packed out, and uh, that's Dale to a T. Yeah, yeah. Like, funny enough, like we sit now in, in my hotel room because I, I've toured with the projects quite a bit, and often we'd do these interviews in my room like this. And immediately after the afterwards, the guys would get up and leave, and he would lie on the bed and talk about the countries he wants to go to, and he just yeah, carries on. Uh, he, I mean, I think the bubble also would have had a massive effect on him. Yeah, I don't think Dale would have done well in the bubble mm. um, because he's out there. He needs to get out there and see things and experience things. He's like he's he's not a wild party guy in, at all. He's 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 pretty chill, but he he wants to get out there. Mm. Like he just wants to keep himself stimulated, in in a sense of like seeing things, doing things. Um, but yeah, you've summed him up very well. <laughs> he and the thing is like, I think his best trait is. He doesn't take his achievements to heart. Mm. Like, I think a lot of people would be like, geez, you're the best bowler South Africa's ever seen. In my opinion, I think he's the best bowler the world's seen. Mm. And he, he'll, never, he'll never take that. He'll never appreciate or accept that. He would, he, no, he'll be like, nah, but nah. No, man, we won games and that's how, that's how he is. He'll never ever, ever he'll never ever take the fact that he's Dale Stan South Africa's best test bowler ever. Mm. He'll never take that. He's like more wants to be Dale Stan the tiger fisherman. Yeah. And and, and that, that, that's And he does a lot of it too. Yeah. In my <laughs> opinion, it's like it's a bit it's a bit surreal, a bit sad that he doesn't appreciate or accept acknowledge, it, acknowledge what he's done. Uh. Um, but also it's a great mentor to have, for instance, that, you know what, there's more to life than cricket. Yeah. And you can compart to mentalize things. Yes. Cricket this side, fishing this side, surfing there. Yeah. Um, speaking of the best in the world, uh, I see often, I actually saw two days ago, someone put on Twitter who they reckon is the world 11 at the moment, test 11. And, uh, they'd wrote Sharma and, and I forget who the other one was opening. And a million replies just saying, Alga, 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 Alga. Yeah, it's about time I get recognition. <laughs> <laughs> have, have, you, have you accepted that you you one of the best? And, and I think if we had to put together an all-time SA11, you and Biff would very much be in the reckoning for I think I'm, openers. I think I'm in the same light as Dale. I, I, won't, I won't accept that. Oh. No, I think I've been quite average, actually. Um. Again, I'll rather sacrifice personal performance to winning. I'd rather win a game or series than have personal accolades. For me, personal accolades are are not spoken of, but winning is spoken of. So, yeah, I think that's why Dale and I, just to go back to him, we always got on like a house on fire because we gelled. We, we kind of spoke the same language. Mm. We kind of understood each other without understanding each other if that makes sense no it does like I, I, I won't I won't accept the fact that I'm like if, if there was the 11 to be selected I won't accept that I wouldn't mm. uh, so I mean also what's, what amazes me because you spoke 
about squash earlier, and, and you've got someone like Mark Boucher, obviously he's coach of the Proteus now, and he's tread a very similar line to you. Comes from a small town, East London, um, very very good squash player, and developed a trait as being a very tough player in all conditions, hard to remove, and gives as good as he as he gets. And and would you say you in the similar mold? I think if anyone talks about I think I spoke about it the other day again on social media. I said another fighting innings from Dean Elgar. Water is wet. And everyone agreed because that's pretty much been your your trait. It's like you knuckle down and you get the job done. Or at least try to. Well, yeah, I, I try to. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, let's put it this way. If I become a Mark Boucher the way he is now, I'll accept that all day because he's become a better person the older he's getting. Um Irrespective of what crap's going on now, that's like, for me, that doesn't reflect the person he is now. But yeah, I think myself as uh, I'm pretty straightforward. Eh? Um, I want to get the job done. Um, kind of trying to find a way to get the job done quicker, which doesn't always help because um, there's, a, there's a process that you have to follow. Um, yeah. I hope that the older I'm getting, the better I'm getting as a person, not a cricketer. That's that's something I don't. Again, cricket for me is is, is such an external, mm. it's such an external for me. But the person that you become through what you're doing is very important. Um, for me, that's very important. Um, the ability to connect with different people, different cultures, different races. For me, that's that's a massive thing. Um, Cricketing, cricketing-wise, I think cricket will look after itself. But you have to look after the life after cricket, um, or the person that you're going to become after cricket. For instance, you can be very selfish either in this environment, or you can be a giver. So I always, like I talk about giver or taker. Are you taking oxygen or are you giving oxygen? Um, I'd like to think I give. I'd like to think I give. When I was younger, sure, you must take. Because that's your grain phase. That's your phase that you become better. Um, but yeah, I think now I, I want to give. Like I want to give so much to guys, young guys. I want to sometimes throttle guys because they're like, ah, you're so good. I wish I had your talent. I wish I had this guy's talent, for instance. With the ability of me giving, with what, I, what, with what I've learned, uh, not with what I know, it's just from what I've learned. Um, hardness, I think hardness is a, that's, it's a personal culture. That's a personal culture. You either have it or you don't. Um, but I'd like to think it's also fair, like tough and fair. I think there's a f- the fine line between that as well. So I think as you get older, your hardness maybe goes away a little bit, but you can become more of a fair person. Uh, fair, fair teammate, um, which is which is big because you have to give back. You have to give back to the environment that's given you so much. How does it feel knowing that? Does it still feel surreal? You are the test captain of the Proteus, and and when that call came, how how did that feel? Derek, I wish I played more test games. I wish I was more in that environment to influence. Um, I think that's why it makes me like even hungrier to go out and perform and change the environment or whatever the case. I think that's such a 
like you speak of it when you're young, yeah, like, yeah, like as a lighty. I spoke about like this, and my dad spoke about it, and my coach spoke about it. That this is one day what you're gonna do. I'm like sure, but <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's also reality that, or a vision that can become reality. Um, but I always, I always thought that like it, it will happen one day. Um, and whether it's for a year or two or three, I don't, doesn't matter how long. It's, it's, it's a moment that you have to treasure so much. Um, it's, it's an immensely proud and special thing that, that can be given to you. Um, like I'm getting a little bit soppy now, but <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's huge. People don't understand how big it is. It's, um, do you understand it? I don't think I do. Mm. I don't think I, I don't think I understand it yet. Like I'm still getting into the role, uh. you know, but the role that I've fulfilled so far, for me that's it's massive. And it's not just cricket; it's off-field stuff is it's huge. Like because you can influence a whole a whole country per se, right? You can by performance. You can influence a whole country, and that that for me is immensely powerful. Um, Oh, we've got room service. Yeah, yeah. room services. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> what a way to come in. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a, it's it's something that um, as a kid you you dream of that stuff, but you don't understand what it entails. You don't understand what comes with it. I think in South Africa you deal with so many other externals that um, that you never think of as a kid. Whether it's getting to know your teammates, different backgrounds, uh, politics. Um, dynamics, uh, building a team culture, trying to get someone on the same, everyone on the same page. It's it's tough. It's not even that's not even cricket. Mm. And then you got to go into the cricket thing where you you, you got to get the trust of players. Like players need to trust you. Like you have a vision of what you want to do one day, or want to achieve one day, and now you got to get fifteen guys, sixteen, seventeen guys to buy into that. Which, which is already another, it's another task in its own right, but it's also a task that I'm willing to do. Um, you, don't take that, you don't take that role on or the job on if you're not willing to go that extra mile. And then that's not even you worrying about your own game. <laughs> I don't know how Graham Smith did it for... His entire career, basically. Like everything. Like yeah. he, and he did it in all three formats. I don't know how he did that. He must have had very special people around him. That's just what I think. Where he could offload, offload work onto people like that, and he trusted, he trusted the process. Um, so yeah, there's, um, there's so many externals that come with a job. But I think if you're successful and you win, it's so worth it. Like I've had a bit of success now, won one series, one series. I don't want to win one series. Mm. I want to win all series, right? I want to beat the best. I want to beat India. I want to beat England. I want to beat, yeah, and that, and that's like beating England in England. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to beat those guys. So you want the Edge Baston story like Biff had. You want you know that, those uh, kind of moments. I think that's. So I've played I've played now for fifteen years, professional cricket. I've had pro tiers for nine years. I think my career is only starting now. That's that's how mm-hmm. I see it. It's only starting now. Um. And and you want to have those moments. You want to have those special moments where, like you, 
go through everything, all the trials and tribulations, and you still contribute massively as a player, like you go out and score 150 to win a test. For me, that's like, that's fairytale stuff at the moment. But I'm just focused on winning, and then hopefully performance looks after itself. Who was the best captain you've played under? No, Graham, by far. Uh. By far. Uh, he was... Uh, I was actually... <laughs> I was actually so pissed off when he retired. Because I think that's when I only really started making myself known in the protest side. Mm, cementing like, your place. Yeah. So it was always a dream of mine to open the batting with him. Always. And we did it once. In PE. <laughs> and the... Like, Went out like early doors. And I'm like, no, bud, you're not, this is, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to stay here with me, you know? Um, yeah, so I, no, he was he was huge. But I think he was also going through a time of his life where like, he had to make big calls. And I think he, he made a massive call to obviously retire at a, at a young age, which I still f- felt like he had so much to give eh? in an environment that was it was so strong as well. Like we were world number one at that stage. Mm. I'm like, come on, man. No, it doesn't. No, you're not done, bud. I'm telling you right now, you're not done. What highlights to me, how, how much Graham still had to give or or how early in his career, he actually called it quits because we feel like he was there forever, but that's because he started when you're so young. Yeah. Is that him and Stephen Cook played for cares together. And only once Graham retired, did Stephen make his test debut? And then obviously Stephen went to play for about two years or so. And that just goes to show that Graham still could have had plenty left in the tank. Plenty. Mm. Yeah, he, um, yeah, as a, that's like one of my biggest disappointments in life. <laughs> it's like, he's just, okay, bud, I'm here now. And now you're ducking. Like, seriously? the next thing you were the opener. You were South yeah. Africa's opener. Then. No, I was, mm. yeah. Um, Kind of took the mantle over from him, I guess, when it comes to opening. Mm. I was like, come do it with, bud. <laughs> I was like, no, you clown. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and, and, and the position of opener, I mean, it's probably the most thankless job in a, in a cricketing lineup, particularly batting in South Africa. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I would say in the world, openers don't get enough credit. Um, just from... Just from how I, like I feel, from what you do and what you get, the guys don't get enough credit. Uh, that's point blank. That's how it is. Um, toughest job in cricket, I think, to to open the batting. You're facing the best bowlers in the team. Mm. New new nut. Wicket might be green, might be cracks, might be something. Um, but also one of the most rewarding positions that that you can have like you can score a gun 100 against a bowling attack that's been running at you the whole day and that's that's that for me is massively rewarding it's huge um how many times have you carried your bat now is it four no uh three 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 times yeah yeah only me and desmond hands yeah don't don't make a scene (laughs) (laughs) but so like i have a i have a thing i want to do it again yeah because i want to be like, I, don't, I don't play for the accolades or credit, but that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. If I think about it now, that would be kind of cool. But it's not something I, I plan for. 
No, I don't prepare for that. I don't prepare, oh, I'm going to bet the whole day. No, I don't prepare for that. I prepare to win. Um, so if she's that will be that will be gone. Yeah, that would the be average fun. cricketer doing that four times in a row. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Toughest bowler you faced? Johnson by far, Mitchell Johnson. Uh. Yeah, him in a in a test test cricket capacity, definitely. Um yeah, he was he was brutal. Eh? Brutal. Yeah, he was he was tough. Like he like keeps you up at night kinda tough. Uh. Yeah. Now just just his like whole demeanour, but off the field, the nicest guy, gent. So like he's a gent, nice guy. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. We had so many we had so many battles on the field and stuff like that. I'm just thinking, but just ball the ball outside off. You look good. You look good. I'm gonna leave it. Just do that. He's like, no, mate. I'm I'm gonna kill you today. I'm gonna break your arm. And he told me that a lot, and he didn't do it. So I think I won the battle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's next couple of years for for Dean Alger. What does that hold? You said that you think that you've got plenty left to go. You want to solidify this position as Proteus Test captain. But at the beginning of the podcast, you said, yeah, it's getting towards the tail end of your career. But you fit as long as the runs keep coming. You're going to stick around. Yeah, I think the only currency that I have to look after is is the runs. Um, if I if I start not performing, then then maybe maybe it's time to move on. But I still have a lot to give. I have a I have a hell of a lot to give. Whether it's the Titans, whether it's the Proteas, um, got a lot to give. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll still have a few years left. I hope so. Um, but yeah, um, different. Uh, Different calls will call for different uh, avenues to open up, hopefully, yeah, one day. Lovely. This has been great. Thanks, Derek. Shut up, man. Cheers, Derek.